Welcome, everybody. We're so glad that you're here. We are going to talk about all things children's ministry today. We're going to experience it firsthand. So I'm glad to have an expert sitting right over here. And we may have a few more that are going to be joining us. We're going to start with doing some worship. And I do um, want to ask you to stand up. So we have some motions. Um, again, everything that we're doing today are things that we do in our ministry program, and um, we'll talk about all of those things a little bit more in depth, but we definitely wanted to talk about um, a song and worship and, and start it out that way, and even the songs that we're going to be doing the worship. So I know it's, it's like, where are you standing? You can move some of these chairs to the side. We've got definitely um, some extra ones, and um, even the song that we're going to do today has to do with what we're going to be talking about. So just know that the motions, and if you do not feel free, you don't have to do them. If you want to, you can. You can just stand there and Close your eyes because if you are in ministry, you probably don't have a chance to just stop and listen to worship songs very often. So I understand that completely. So if you want to sit there and close your eyes and have your hands out, whatever you want to do, I will be doing the motions um, because that's what we will be, what we do, and then we will move on from there. I will be doing them incorrectly. So that's totally fine, too. If you're like me, you're a bit of an introvert and you're feeling a little bit of discomfort, we all know that some of our kids feel that way, too, right? That's so right. That's right. We're all experiencing that. Okay, I'm going to start with you to adjust these down. Indeed. I love And then please sing loud. Beautiful. Everybody have a seat. That was really, really filling. Um, just a quick word about that. Worship is huge for what you can do in children's ministry because children don't quite feel as inhibited as we do sometimes to want to raise our hands and to come in, come in, come join and to express themselves. So it is just a beautiful thing to be able to lead children into those places of worship and I've seen them even um, in our actual big church worship where they're actually doing some of the motions with the songs that we're learning in class, which is super fun because then the, 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 the parents see it, other, other adults in the auditorium, they're seeing it and they're commenting, and it's, it's just a blessing to everyone that's a part of that. Come on in. So, my name is Marion Parker. I'm the children's minister at Campbell Church of Christ. I have been in children's ministry for 11 years in August and um, love it. I came into it a little bit kicking and screaming. <laughs> I didn't say yes to it immediately. It took me a little bit to realize that that was what God was calling me to do, but I love it. I can't imagine doing anything else, and so I am so excited to be able to share a little bit about what we do, and my prayer, my hope, is that you would be able to take a nugget away today, some sort of inspiration, something that you can take with you for yourself or for your ministry, for your church, for your family, whatever that may be. I'm her husband, Tim Parker. Uh, I don't work for the church officially, <laughs> meaning I don't get a paycheck from them. So sometimes I'm known as the bonus children's minister or the free children's minister. Most of the time I'm known as Mr. Marion. Or um, occasionally I like to refer to myself as a chief executive volunteer. So uh, this is our family. I noticed this morning when we put these slides up, oh, we're in the same shirt. I have more than one shirt. This is our son, Camden, and our daughter, Absent. He's 18 and she's 16, and uh, we love them. Yeah. She is a sophomore, finishing up her sophomore year. He's finishing up his senior year in high school and headed off to Lipscomb. I don't know if you guys knew that in the fall, so we're super excited that was a new development, so we're happy to, we are um, originally from Nashville, we've moved out here to California, we've been in California for about four years, so we're excited that our son is going to be going back and uh, keep, keeping up the Nashville roots. Okay, so 
about, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my history because it is going to explain kind of my philosophy of children's ministry. So it may seem a little odd at first, but I promise you it's connected. It may seem odd all the way through. It may seem odd all the way through, that's right. So as I said, I've been in ministry for about 11 years officially, but um, when I started doing working with kids, you know, I think many of you probably, some of you have had the same experience. You're usually somewhere in the youth group, you're helping out, you have some sort of a, a connection, and you're, you're the helper type of, type of situation. That was the same for me as well. Um, the picture that you're seeing on the screen is where I grew up. So very heavily populated. <laughs> um, let's see. This is my house. Let's see, is it this one? I have to look. Yeah, it's this one right here. Uh, with the long, long driveway. So that's my house. Um, I grew up on a farm in Tennessee. Um, close to the Kentucky-Tennessee state line border. The reason I'm showing you this picture is because this experience of my background played a heavy part of my understanding of what children's ministry needed to be. So I grew up on an organic farm. I was on an organic, part of an organic farm before anyone else knew what that meant. So I just thought my dad was a little crazy. I just thought, what, what are we doing here? What does this mean? This is a lot of work, and there's, it seems like it, it's very little payout. But it, it, it obviously has caught on, and it is more of a thing now. My point to telling you all of that is what I've learned from the organic farming. So when my dad took it over, he realized, and it had been in the family for years. So first of all, the, um, my sister and I were the fifth generation to grow up in the very same house. And um, that it had always been farmed. The, my dad's, my grandfather, when he farmed, he had farmed at a very different one, conventionally. So he used a lot of insecticides and pesticides. So when my dad took over and decided to do organic farming, it was a, uh, the soil was very unhealthy. Come in, come in. We got plenty of spots for you. Very unhealthy. Now what we learned from that was that when plants grow in unhealthy soil, they don't always have the healthiest plants. We don't always have the healthiest plants. Now, that seems pretty obvious, right? So it took about 10 years before the change from, when you decide to farm organically, and you have to do that for at least 10 years, at least that's what it was, before you can actually sell your crops and get an organic price. It takes that long to get those insecticides and pesticides mm -hmm. out of your ground, out of the, in the soil. You have to send off these soil samples periodically, and it takes that long before those traces are gone. So what I learned from all of that, additionally, was that when plants grow in healthy soil, then insects are less likely to want to come around, and uh, insects are um, attracted to unhealthy plants. So you not only have, you can get rid of some of your methods, come in, come in. They're from my church. Come here, wait, please don't watch over here. Oh, um, so this idea of growing healthy plants that would automatically have something that would repel, that would, that would want to come in and hurt them to, to a degree, was an idea that got planted in my mind pretty early on. So everything that we do is kind of based on that. I spent um, a weekend at a women's retreat. I have, there's people in here from the church that I used to be uh, oh, to, so I'm so excited. <laughs> so um, I spent some time at a women's retreat, and, and that was it was a silent retreat. 
Um, and for me as an extrovert, that <laughs> was a little difficult. But it was exactly what I needed because it was right when God was calling me to, to ministry and I was finding it. So in that time when I was spending some, some really some quiet time with the Lord and, and reading, I, I kept coming across these verses in this imagery of, of plants and roots. So I'm going to read a couple of them because they, they became really kind of those cornerstone pieces to my ministry. Oh, you already did it. I'll be here all day. <laughs> so I have a couple that I want to read now. There's one that we're going to end on that really is one of my main ones. So I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. So on this one, what I want to do is actually I want to read it together. And when we get to the part about our children, I changed that, obviously, because I wanted this to be relevant to all of our families. When we get to that part, what I want you to do is either say the names of your own children, your grandchildren, someone, your, your nieces, nephews, whoever. Pick someone that, that you, know, you know and that you love. So we're going to put our own children's um, and, and family members and people that we know into, that, into this um, verse. So we're going to start together. And since Camden and Madison and the other patriarchs were holy, their children will also be holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be also. Romans 11:16. And again, we're going to end on one and just at the end um, where it really is the main one that I want to talk about. So this idea of where. We want to raise healthy, connected children. <gasps> Woody, come on in. <laughs> and to do that, we've got to create a healthy soil. Mm -hmm. We've got to give them God's word. Mm -hmm. And God's word is not boring. So it is exciting. We've got to show that to them. We are competing against, you know, we've got spots. We are competing against so many things that they're used to. They're used to video games and TV and all of these things. We're competing against all of that. So we've got to show them that church is amazing. Church is where they want to invite their friends. Church is fun. Come in, come in. So that's what we're doing. That's what we want to do is to try and provide an environment where the soil that they are growing in is healthy and wonderful. Because if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be also. So that's our, that's our goal. Now, um, I want to read, actually, before I go on to the next one, Tim. Okay. I was going to say, we all experience God's story differently as adults. So the idea that we should expect our kids to receive God's story in the exact same cookie-cutter way is... is not accurate. Yes. Um, you might be a person who really responds and praises through song. You might be someone who really responds and hears God through scripture. You might be someone who uh, needs quiet, contemplative walks. Um, and God is in all of it. And he meets us all in all different ways. So that's sort of the thesis statement of why it's important to, mm -hmm. to uh, approach things a little differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to read a quote from this book, Spiritual Conversations with Children. It's by Lacey Ben Borgo. I do have a resource um, list at the end, so you don't have to write this stuff down if you don't want to. You'll have access to everything. It is amazing. I love, love, love this book. I, like half of it's highlighted because I love so many things from it. But here's what I wanted to read today before we get into kind of the crux of what I want to share. 
This is Mark 10, 13 through 16. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. And here's the quote from her that I just love. Notice Jesus' first word in his passage, let. Let implies an already forward-moving progression. The children are already coming, and it is their natural inclination to seek connection. God has been longing and is longing now and will continue to long for children. And further, children are wired to long right back. The movement is already at hand. What book was that? Yeah, I know. Spiritual Conversations. Oh, I meant out of the Bible. That was Matthew. Oh, Mark, Mark, Mark 10, 13 Mark 10. through 16. Yes. Thank you. But You're welcome. Good book, too. You're welcome. So what I'm going to do is we're going to talk about um, the rotation model. And some of you are maybe a little bit more familiar with it than others. And what I want to do is really, first we're going to I'm going to share a video because it's, it's easily, more easily absorbed when you can kind of see a little taste of it. The video that you're going to see is actually from a different church. And so what I love about it is that we do things differently. Um, I've already talked to one other individual in here who uses pieces of it differently. We had to do it much differently during COVID. I mean, it did not look like what it does now. So what I love about it is that it is so adaptable. It is adaptable to whatever your situation is. Whatever kind of church, whatever size, whatever funds, whatever resources you've got, you can adapt pieces of it to make it fit where your church is. So we're gonna see this video, but again, keep in mind this is not my church and we do it a little differently. Last year, we looked at children's ministry with a critical eye and we realized we needed to make a change in our elementary program. The purchase curriculum we were using was dictating our vision instead of having a vision that dictates our curriculum. Obviously, our vision for children's ministry should be the same as the vision of GCR, love God, love people, and change the world. We want to create world changers by teaching our kids how to love God and love people. But what's the best way to do that? Everybody from children to adults connects with God's love in different ways. A great way to visualize this is with four quadrants and the verse, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Some people like to experience God through worship and fellowship. Others connect with God most naturally through contemplation and solitude. Still, others are bent towards loving God through knowledge and memorization. Finally, others feel closest to God when they're serving and being God's hands and feet. All are equally important, and we want to build a children's ministry that offers a variety of opportunities so that our children learn to love God with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now that we had a defined vision, we researched curriculum and made several trips to other churches. We discovered a unique approach to learning using the rotation model. Although it requires some tailoring to make it fit our vision, we know this is the direction that God is leading us. We are in the process of writing a curriculum that will span the Old and New Testament in four years. Here's how it works. Each month is a different unit, such as creation or Abraham. There will be four rooms on Sunday morning, science, drama, art, and history. 
children will rotate through one room a week and learn a different part of the story in each room. Then they will do an activity to reinforce that story fitting to the room, such as an experiment in the science room. There will be two rooms for Wednesday night, games and service. We will also be incorporating worship, prayer, and other spiritual disciplines. Both Sunday and Wednesday night classes will be unique and equally important. Okay, so I cut it off at there because they get into some of their particular building and um, that didn't really have too much relevance for us. So you can kind of see that they have it set up to where they do it on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. We just do it on Sundays. Um, we have, they have eight classes, we do six. Um, we're gonna talk about those in just a minute. We, I, have, I have done different types of classes, different focuses, we'll talk about that. The idea is that there are lots of different ways that you connect with God, and we wanna give children exposure and opportunities to understand that God created all of it, he is behind all of it, and whatever passions and gifts and desires he's placed in them, there is a place in God's kingdom to show those and to experience those and to, to, to know more about those. So one of our key verses, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, Deuteronomy 6, 5. So we have, um, you'll, you'll see some swag that we're going to give out in a little bit, but that's what these um, four different quadrants stand for, some of the images that are in there. So heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so all of our signage and things that we have kind of reflects what that idea is. Um, this is our logo. I'm just kind of showing you an example of what, what we have what the connection is if you see some of the materials um, that we have to give out. That's if you want to rebrand your kids' ministry to be KidZone, you can have it all for Yes, free. you're welcome to take it. That's fine, exactly. Now it's copyright. Yes, you're welcome <laughs> to have it. It's all free. Um, okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to talk about some of the different ones. We're going to do examples of them in a little mm -hmm. bit, but I want to show you some of the rooms because um, I'm going to show you some, some of my rooms, my older rooms actually, um, some of my, some of another church's rooms, and then also kind of share what we're actually doing right now. So de again, depending on what church you're in and what your budget is or what your options are, what your space is, some of you may have free reign. The church I came, used to come from, it, I, had, I got to decorate those from the ground up and it was amazing, it was super fun. That's not the case where I am now. And so there's just, you can do whatever you need to do. But I wanted to show you that you can, if you do have the ability to decorate, these are some of the ideas and some of the ways that you kind of inspire through the theme that you're teaching. Mm -hmm. So this is not my classroom, or this is not my room. This was an art studio that um, in another another church. Okay. Our current church uses it's a shared use facility, so we share it with a yeah. Christian school, multi campus, and we were able pre COVID to use their art classroom already set up for art. So that was a blessing. Mm -hmm. And I will also tell you that. Um, Right now, because of COVID, we are in two rooms, one that's kind of semi-decorated and one that is not, it's not even a children's classroom, but it's the biggest one we've got, and it helps us spread out. Mm -hmm. So again, this isn't necessary, totally unnecessary, but if you want to, if you have creativity in your blood and you want to do that, it's possibilities, right? So these are just some options. So this was the art room from where I came. So we've got, um, again, it was just our room and we got to keep it the way that we wanted all the time, which was really nice and very rare, which I understand. Um, but we had all of our art pieces in there. We had tables, we had, we had people from the church donate old tables and we just painted them fun. I mean, there was nothing in here that cost a lot of money. We, you know, you can get really creative with cheap things. Everything was from Goodwill or donated. Um, this is a theater room. So this is another, another church and they just had a lot of things that were painted. Uh, some props that were in there, and then little director's chairs that were in there for the seats. 
This was mine, and this was, um, again, we kind of had, we had some chairs that we had donated or uh, bought pretty inexpensively. We had a puppet show, puppet stage, um, and then this was uh, one of the marquees that we had outside where we could change what the topic was that we were talking about. As fifth graders would age out of our program, we would put their, you know, their star photos up on that. Yeah, so they got their moment of glory up on the, up on the wall. Um, this is something that actually is a very inexpensive thing to do um, that you can do however we actually have it set up in, the, um, the, in our kids' zone area right now. So it's really just a, um, a photo backdrop, and you can buy very inexpensive photo backdrops on um, Amazon. I mean, 30 bucks. I mean, you can get them pretty inexpensively. And then you can just video the kids, and if they're older, they can act things out. If they're younger, they can do these freeze frame activities where they're having to pretend to be the character, and they have, but they have a backdrop with mountains or whatever it is that you want to do, and then they get to watch. So this, we just did this um, last Sunday, and so two Sundays ago, they had the older kids had acted the story out. We got to show it the following Sunday, and they were all just so. <laughs> they were they were excited, but then they were like kind of embarrassed, and they were like, "Oh, look, I'm up there." It was pretty great, especially for the ones that are not necessarily stage people. Um, but you can also create other jobs. You can create someone who's going to be the videographer, you know, because you do have kids that they, that is not going to be okay for them to be in front of a camera. So you've got other jobs that you can do for them. Some of those kids love to be the director. They want to be the director. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, this was a museum. I actually don't do this. Museum was kind of like a history classroom. I do this a little bit differently now, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But it's really fun if you do do it like a museum room, because then you just get to scour your church for all of the old things that people have donated that you have no idea what to do with. <laughs> and that's truly what this room was. <laughs> I spent no money decorating that room. Okay, so this is um, a sacred story. So this is what my history room, the museum room, kind of changed into. It was sacred stories. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Um, it's one of the rooms that I want to really explore because we're basically going to do a six-week rotation the other half of our time that we're going to be together. So we're going to experience a little piece of each of the stories so you can kind of see that. We'll experience today that we don't need five individual rooms. We're going to do right. all in this room. That's right. We're going to cram six weeks of lessons into... Yep, yep. So this is a game room. Um, super, super fun things that are in there. We, um, I think ours is next, or it may not even be in there. Yep, this was mine. This was a, this was one of my shared spaces, so I couldn't leave things out. We had preschoolers that would be use it weekly or daily, and so we had to make sure that there weren't things that little little hands would want to play with. So um, again, even in the other other church where I pretty much had autonomy of the rooms, we had some still shared spaces as well. So this is one of the um, things where it's a uh, painter's tarp, and it's just a life-size game. The kids are the pawns, and they love it because they think, okay, here I'm the person. And it's just a little bit of elbow grease, very cheap, and you just paint it, and you can design however you want. If you make the spaces fairly generic, then you just have cards that match, and so you can play any kind of review game that you want to with it. So come in, come in. Uh, this was science. This is someone else. This is a mixture. Oh, no, this is someone else's um, classroom that they had, and they got to decorate it from the very beginning. And again, I, please do not feel bad if you're like, there's no way my church can do this. I, there's no way I could. I just could. <laughs> again, it is just some inspiration of, to know the things that you can do, but realize that I'm not even doing this right now. Um, there's, just, there's just options. Uh, this was a cafe, and we had we chose this as our cafe because with cafe we do a lot of cooking, and the cooking that we do obviously has to do with our lesson, and it either has something to do that, that they are learning the lesson as they are doing it, 
or that they are making something that they can, they're serving and they're giving it away to somebody for, for the, the purpose of the lesson. So this one I included because this is my space. This is our theater and kids' own worship space. I wanted you guys to see it because I brought some of the lights. I stole some off of our, our actual stage um, at church. And I wanted to show you kids. I, I just, I love worship. I love, absolutely, it's one of my favorite things. And you can have a few lights, turn your lights off, put a few inexpensive, these are cheap, cheap, cheap lights you can get off of Amazon. And even your adults just feel a little bit more free to raise their hands. If you are into worship, your kids won't be. They are looking to you. They are watching you or your volunteers. They are looking to, to whoever's leading. And if they aren't into it, they're not going to be. So find, find somebody that is in that ministry at your church that would be willing to do that. Maybe teens. Teens make great volunteers mm -hmm. if they would want to do it. They would make, and then that it's odd. That'd be cool because teenagers are making, right? What's the cutout in the middle? What? What's the oh, cutout? Oh, 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 okay. So this is a puppet. This is for puppets. And so, um. <laughs> what? I thought puppets were old school. No. <laughs> okay, so we brought these. Okay, do you have the other one? I don't know. Church Mouse is what? A tw twenty. He's a celebrity. I mean, he's a celebrity. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, there's the graphic of them. Yes. They're just like, is Church Mouse coming today? He's a thing. He's a thing. So, it, again, it, that's it, quite it, enough about Church Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he's church, not the only one. Church Mouse does not talk. Church Donkey does. Oh, does he? And, <laughs> you guys. So we give out little church mass awards. It's, do you want to talk about kind of the, the surprise part? The, the, the idea of whimsical surprise kind of goes back a long way in sort of children's entertainment. If you're um, of the age of like Captain Kangaroo and you remember there would be like a certain phrase and all the ping pong balls would fall down and I used to just wait you know, on pins and needles for the time when the ping pong balls would fall down. A little bit later, uh, there would be on Nickelodeon shows where if a certain phrase was used, the slime would come down. And for whatever reason, I just waited. You know, I would sit through the stuff that was boring to wait for the fun thing that happened because you never knew when it was going to happen. So the idea of whimsical surprise was kind of stuck in my head. I remember a lesson that we did about Jesus turning over the tables at the temple. And I turned over a table, just out of the blue, you know, safely, far away from the children. He caught me by the surprise. You would think that's the most impactful thing that had ever happened in the lives of some of those children. They talked about it when we left that church. You remember when I interviewed them, and they were like, what do you remember? What's your favorite thing? Whenever Mr. Jim turned over the table. So the idea of knowing that something, not being surprised to the point where you're nervous about it, but knowing that there's going to be a time that you're going to be hopefully surprised in a whimsical way. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of what Church Mouse mm -hmm. is. Church Mouse predates us at our current church by yes, decades. Yes, adopted Church Mouse. Church Mouse would give out awards for the people that were paying the most attention and being quiet as Church Mouse Mount Mice. Um, and we just added a little bit to his repertoire. He has a friend named Church Rat who lives in the dumpster. He has a friend in Santa Cruz named Church Harbor Seal who swims around. He comes by occasionally. Hasn't been by since COVID. But. <laughs> I'm really passionate about the puppets, you guys. You know, what I love about all of this is that find, again, same thing that the idea with worship, if your teachers aren't loving it, 
the kids pick up on that. Mm -hmm. So what I love about these different classrooms is you can find people in your church that have a bit, and they don't have to. I, I can teach art. But Tim is an artist, so he's going to teach it in a different way and from his heart and from his understanding in a way that I don't. And that's going to get across, come across to the students. Same thing for any, give any of them. If you can find someone in your church that loves to do that, that loves puppets or that loves games or that understands and is part of science is a big deal for them. Great. So, okay, so the other thing was <clears throat> that I wanted to show you. Um, the idea of the rotation model is that you can take five, six years. I've done it in a couple of different versions. Currently, ours is five. And if a, kid, if a child starts in kindergarten, and I do have it, it, what I'm writing currently is for elementary students. You can do it for preschool, it looks a little bit different. But for elementary students, this is how I have it designed. If a child starts in kindergarten, then by the time they are entering our youth group, which our church is um, sixth grade, so they would have finished the whole Bible. They would have gone through the entire Bible. And so we study basically a topic, say maybe Ruth, for six weeks. And for each Sunday, they will visit a different classroom. Some of the ones that we've mentioned, science, theater, art, games, sacred stories. So they would, cafe, they, each Sunday they experience a different type of classroom. So what you do is you have a lot of stuff. And you keep those words. So I just kind of wanted to show you that you do have to have some space or you do want to think about that if this is something that you would want to do. And so this is just, we have, our, we have tubs. And the things that are not consumables, we, we put in those tubs, and then we can use those the next time we're going to do that in five or six years, however you've designed it to be. I've seen it in four years. I've seen it. I'm currently doing five. Um, I've done it in six years. So, again, it's very adaptable to whatever works and whatever ages your students would be entering into the youth group um, at your church. If you've got someone at your church that has a bent for organization, that is a blessing. This will be the first of probably many shout-outs to Marion's um, uh, preschool children's minister, Donna McKenzie, who we're blessed to go to church with now, and she... It, defined organization and she helps you know put things where they're supposed to go and knows where things have been since the dawn of time yes <laughs> she can find it all if you I'll get nothing else from today um, find yourself a Donna McKenzie yes yeah. yes um, okay so I did want to talk about uh, just really quickly man my time is going by so fast um, signage so if you have a complicated campus like we do, um, you've got to think about signage because basically your students are visiting different classrooms or different spaces on different Sundays and that can be confusing to parents. And I always have kind of that, that mentality that Apple has, you remove every obstacle that makes it difficult. It is amazing that parents are there on a Sunday morning. So let's do everything we can to not give them any more stress of finding their children or picking them up or dropping them, them off. Make it as easy as possible. So think about your signage. If you don't, if you don't have a complicated campus or, or place, that's great. But um, we do, and so we've had to think about that. So we have a couple of places to where it's just, um, we change these little, they're um, velcroed on, and we just move them around so the parents will know. And um, these have changed again. Right now we have two different groups. We have a K through second and we have a third through fifth. During COVID we were doing, we had two year olds through fifth grade. <laughs> they know. <laughs> so uh, you can make it work. It's not always gonna be the easiest, but you can make it work depending on what size your groups are. Just a note on that one, we were outside and we yes. invited families to participate in our Bible class time. So it was a sweet time. 
Um, it, it was it was nice. It was very sweet. It was very sweet to have the the parents a part of everything. Mm -hmm. um, I really that was a, a sweet unexpected surprise for COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, more signage, that, that's kind of our key verse that we've got there. Um, I just wanted to really quickly show you a schedule because you might think, I don't understand this. This was based uh, back when we, I used to have two groups in a classroom. And so you can just kind of see, oh, well, K first, they, and this was just for my knowledge, this was just for me. Um, they might visit Sacred Stories this Sunday, but here they're going to be in the cafe. So this was just for me to kind of keep up. and. I kind of moved it around based on that I had teachers available. So because it wasn't like I needed six teachers every Sunday, I kind of made it work with, well, when are you going to be out? When are you, you know, okay, well, you can't, let's, I'm not going to have a kid, you know, groups in there. Or at least it limited the number of absences that you needed to find subs for in your classrooms. And again, now I'm doing two because we're still rebuilding from COVID. I was doing just one, you know, when we started, um, even after the, the two-year-old for fifth grade, then we moved it and we separated our preschool off. And so just, you know, kind of think about what makes sense for, for your group. Okay. And I think it's all, we got to get into class. Yes, so we, I know. Let's blaze through this. I know, I know. Okay, so these, now this is just showing them the logos. So the, just show them all the logos real fast, and then we'll actually start into our stuff. So these are the ones that we're covering today, because um, I think I'm already behind. Oh, but then get to the bottom, and I do want to talk about this really quickly. Okay, so I was at, if you were in um, Holly Allen's class early, I know a few of you were, it was, I was at a children's um, spirituality conference in Nashville several years ago. It's, it's one of my absolute favorite conferences to go to. And there was, uh, there are a lot of people there that are studying and writing papers and researching. And there was an individual there that had done some researching and, and he came across this verse and he was very, um, his, it was, his interest was piqued on some of the verbs and some of the, the wording of this. And so he actually went to a, a rabbi and asked, is there a reason that these are in the order that they're in? And he said, yes. And so I'm going to read it, and then our next slide I'm going to highlight it, and we're going to talk about that because it's what we're going to be doing today. So Isaiah 41:20, the last half, so that people may see and know, and I'd love to think about the idea of just putting children in there, so that children may see and know, may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. So let's go to the next slide, and I highlighted those in that order, and that's what we're going to be doing with this, with this kind of model, so that people may first see, and then know, and they can consider it, and they understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. That's our point. All right, so let's get started. Six and weeks of Bible class and an hour right. and a half. We can do this, people. Okay. This so. rotation, we're going to be talking about the parables of the Good Shepherd. Yes. And Can anyone uh, tell me what a parable is? A story Jesus told. That's right. It's a story Jesus told. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning that he used that his audience would understand. Look how I've already like lowered my... I know. <laughs> I've already come down into like, hey, guys. We are going to be talking as if you are the kids. I mean, a lot. So if you're like, why are they acting like we don't know anything? <laughs> it's because we're, we're pretending like it's our kids at home. You know, we've been talking about Ruth for five weeks and we're like, who are we been talking about? <laughs> There's a reason that things are repeated in the Bible. We need it. Okay. 
Are you doing this part? Yeah. Okay. Slides up, you know, so <laughs> just uh, by a show of, I guess, fingers on hands, and you can use two hands if you need to, um, just take a look at this chart. If you could tell us on the sheep scale, how do you feel today on the sheep scale? Oh, I see some. Oh, you dropped the cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a copycat. cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope mine up first. Yeah. <laughs> but I said it first. I see some variety, though. That's good. Yeah. I felt like a nine this morning. I feel like a three right now. <laughs> and I think I'm going to feel like, like a five later. <laughs> this one is fairly often for me, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Oh, so sorry. Oh, Somebody put that, that in. A, there'll one's, be some surprises in the Power Point or the, the show just to just let you see. Okay, so this next one is a um, <laughs> just kind of how sometimes we often feel and how we experience things. So go ahead and show this is a meme that was out for a while <laughs> that I just love. We've got the Good Shepherd like, yes, I've got, got you. you. And this is going to be oh, us. I've got you, buddy. And then, I've got oh, you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> time that sheep took to think about what it was doing before this. it did that. I've got this. I can do this. Yep, I'm gonna, I've got this you. This is going to be great. I've got you. I've got you. No, I've got you. No, I'm Didn't quite happen. Okay, so now we're kind of all up and ready. Time to we go to are the game room. Games. Welcome to the game room, you guys. I'm going to need uh, five volunteers for the game today. And, and it's, it's nobody's hand to the call. Thank you. All volunteers. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, right here. Yep, yeah, I need five. Right. Oh, I know it's too many. Ah! Yeah. We got one, two, we got Diane, three. Oh, they're good. Counting is important. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Diane, uh, today you, because I know you, are going to be the secret of the sheep. Okay. okay. So you're going to be the seeker of the sheep. Everyone else? You get to be sheep. Whoa, whoa. You are so lucky. You're so lucky. But I need to make sure you can do this. Can you say ba? Ba. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, we're going to start with the sheep in the pen. Okay. And then the, the sheep are going to be let out of the pen. And it's just your job as a shepherd to make sure that they get back in the pen. That's all you have to do. So okay. this is a, a set of stories we're going to do. The, the whole lesson would be like lost salt, sun, sheep, and coin. Uh, would be, would be a smattering of games that would cover each of those different stories. So this one, obviously, we're going to do the lost sheep. And, um, and we're going to do it a little bit. We're going to adapt it to our room and what we've got. So... Uh, I'm just going to have to focus on Okay. Can we just take off my glasses? Yeah, if you want to. We'll move these out of the way. Aren't you glad you came here? Yes. That's good. Hi, everybody. I haven't met you in here. Oh, you know what? Yes, we need. Would you like to, and maybe she can kind of be an assistant to make sure we're going to, you know, make sure that she's safe. So can you be an assistant and come on up? A safe assistant? A safety person? So she. Um, she. 
This is your pen over here. Oh, well, I've got the, the, the pen. I can hear you. But I can hear you're in the pen. Then you're safe. Everything's fine. This is your pen. Okay. Normally, what we would do is we would do this with chairs because we would talk about what a pen would look like in a sheet fold and how you would fold the sheep in and then that way that would protect them and they would be safe. And that the shepherd would sit at the front of the gate, the open gate, and would not allow any of the predators in, but would keep the sheep safe on the inside. Do you guys feel safe? So, um, the sheep are going to be let out of the pen. Okay. And they're going to say ba. And you have to. Um, okay, can I touch them? Okay. Okay. Very gentle. Okay, sheep, you're allowed out of the pen, pen. You're out of the pen.
bring this over here. For cafe, we we need four volunteers that are different from our previous bottles. And volunteers, how about those good gift bags? Oh yeah. Volunteer, get the candy. We got it. Okay. One, two, three, four, three. One, two, three, four, three. I'm gonna get you next. Okay. Don't worry. Oh, oh wait, no, I got you now. Never mind, I'm gonna get Sunday. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, so for cafe, they are gonna be talking about the Good Samaritan. And Parents to pick you up with dirty clothes. So, yes, we definitely want to have like again. You can use just like um, uh, long sleeve t-shirts or whatever from Goodwill. Like you know, you can do whatever you want to. I had a one of the teacher actually wanted to do this, and so she bought the little smocks. Um, I think Woody may have hers. It's got the extra bling that's on it, which is super fun. Yeah. And then just did the iron-ons for the kids, but it kind of helps them understand it's they're transitioning. Okay, we've had some time to learn. Oh, now we're going to do. We're going to actually take what we have learned. And if you remember in the cafe, a lot of times they're baking or making something, and as they're making it, maybe the ingredients have a certain connection to the story. Maybe what they're doing um, when we did, and it's not always cooking. I will say that. It's not always cooking. They do love to cook, but it's not always cooking. Um, one time we were learning about um, Moses, baby Moses, and they were making these books, the baby blessing book. And so they would write, we had scriptures that they could pick and they would write them out. They would illustrate them. We made books. And then we gave them, when we collected items, and we gave them to a local shelter that helps women with um, children that are in a situation where they need a little bit of extra help. So we've done a lot of different types of things in there, and it's not always just about cooking, but cooking is a very easy and fun way. But what I wanted to show you about cooking, because in this one, that we talk about the Good Samaritan, and we talk about what happened, and we really understand the story. And you can adapt to this information that you're, you're passing along to them, depending on the ages of the students that you have. If you've got older ones, go into that story a little bit more. If you've got younger ones, dial it down just a little bit. I will tell you that I would always recommend that you go a little higher for whatever age you're working with. Always aim a little higher. Because you want to reach those students, and whoever the oldest, or whoever the kind of more mature that are understanding things. Because if you've got them, the younger ones are going to look up to them. So aim a little higher than what you've got, whatever your, your general age is that you've got in your, in your room. So with cooking, it can be a little daunting because you think, huh, I know how it is when I cook with my own child. Like, how do you do that with 15 kids or 10 kids or 5 kids? How does that look? So I really wanted to show you a way that makes it work really well. And I didn't even come up with this. My, one of my volunteers did. I saw her doing it, and I thought, oh, that's brilliant. So she would set up a class. So this, this is, they're making biscuits, because we're talking about the healing process of the Good Samaritan. And really going into that a little bit more and going in, into depth, and I'll, I'll talk about that in just a minute while, while they're moving, but really talking about what that means, the healing properties of herbs that they had in their time. So we would go into, and I'll show you, I have a little handout actually, for this recipe. So they would bake herb biscuits, but they get to pick the herbs that they would put in there. Before they pick, we would talk about all of those different herbs. Herbs that they would found in the Bible that many of them they can find in their homes, in their kitchens, at the store. So we would have a bunch of those samples of the herbs that we would show them. 
and we would share those with them and let them smell them and, and I would explain to them what those were for. So in the packets, the goodie bags that you guys get, there's actually a sheet that talks about what those different herbs are, where they're referenced in the Bible and what they would have been good for, and still today, what they could be used for. And so then we would actually make the biscuits. And again, they're getting to pick. They've just smelled them. They've, they've learned about the essence of an herb. When you crush it and you bruise it, the essence is what's released. And when we are crushed and bruised, what is our essence that's released? Sometimes it's not good, is it? So we are talking about all these different things. So we have our, our, our volunteers that are up here. We'll always use our gloves regardless, but definitely now since of you know, COVID, we want all of our parents to feel comfortable and confident. So we would have a table set up, either a whatever rectangular one or a circular table. And then you have all of the kids, and don't do this just yet, but we, you would have them circle all around. Okay, and I'm gonna actually pink and this right here. Okay, and these are our samples. We would have like big versions of these so the kids can see them. And they can see, oh, that's supposed, I'm supposed to get, for the younger ones especially, the visuals, so helpful to be able to figure out what it is that they're grabbing and what they need and how to, how to measure it. Then, there's placemats. And Mr. Tim, can you place those placemats all around the um, mm -hmm. table, the edge of the table? Yes, and each placemat is an individual person. Okay. And... There we go. Um, I might also show it on a screen so that they can see it. Um, up if, if, if showing them in a small way is not the best way, you can always make copies and put it on the screen. So we've got placemats at each individual place, and those are the cross cross ones. These are the samples of the cooking. Each person gets one of those. Now, you only need one bowl, or if you want to do two tables, you could do you know two sets of everything, depending on how many numbers you have. You have one of these. So we're going to put that right here, okay? And then you guys can can come around the edge of the table, okay? Perfect. And just spread so out. Good. Just spread out. So good, so good. And your instructions are going to start out to be something along the lines of, um, after we've told this story, of course, you're going to need to put some of the dry ingredients in there. Of course, we're going to pretend. So you would have them all take turns doing this. And because we've got it set up to where they can circle around, this is how you might do it. Uh, so for the Green first guys. So we have two cups of flour. So you might tell this first person, can you put in one cup of flour for me? Okay. And it's actually gonna be, yep. Now you're gonna rotate. So you're gonna rotate around. And the person who's standing in front of the bowl is the person that does the action. So then they know, oh, I've got, instead of five of them all like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to do this, because that's kind of what will happen, okay? So you can put that down, now you rotate. And oh, both face there, you rotate around. We, we rotate. So the stuff stays. So you're not touching it as much. Yeah, he usually teaches art. So we rotate around. Okay, can you put okay. another cup of, of flour in there? We rotate two cups of flour, so what's our next step? A tablespoon of baking soda. So you get to put the tablespoon powder. Baking powder. powder. Good distinction. He said soda. Yes. I heard him. So we're going to put Here's that in there. Oh, thank you. Now, rotate. Yes, you're doing it all right. 
Yes. You're using actual ingredients when you're doing yes. this, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. She has a good clarifying question. I just did my brain all goes with me. Um, we would do these with the actual ingredients because they are going to make and then they're going to eat their own things that they've made. And so you're going to do um, all the things to show them. And but this way they're not going, when is it my turn? When is it? They can see when it's their turn. Now, pause just for a second. Pause just for a second, though, because this is one, another thing that I thought was really, really great when I saw her do it. So you put all of the ingredients in there. Well, now it's time to stir everything. Who gets to stir that? Because that's a lot of stirring. Okay. You get to, can you start five times for me? We haven't cut in the shortening mixture yet. Oh, I still did. have it in my hand. We just did. <laughs> can you can you stir it five times, please? Oh, good. Thank you. You're using the imagination. That's All right. Okay. Now you have done your turn, and Woody can take his turn. Woody, can you stir it for five times? Everybody gets a chance. Four. The same. Everything's the same. They can see through have such a sense of justice, they will not let anyone go over five. No, they won't. And you will know it. They will tell you real quick. So after they have done that, you may have to go back in and fix it a little bit. But um, you probably won't have to do it a whole lot. Then you can take whatever you've got. You can, you've got these laminated placemats. Not these, but they're laminated, so they're going to work for now. You can give them a little bit to work with so then they're not touching everybody else's. So then you put them in the oven, you've got them labeled. They are truly only touching the ones that they have made. So for those that are, you know, we have all the all, all on the spectrum, so we want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable with what they're doing. They know what they've made. They're the only ones that have touched it. Now, we wanted you guys, uh, where did they go? I have them right here. Oh, perfect. Uh, we made you volunteers. I'll take that. If you guys will, a round of applause for our volunteers. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's right. So we're going to give each of you one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're saying just grab them on their way out? Yeah. Okay. That works. Um, so they're right there. Please grab one on the way out. They are super yummy, and Miss Donna made those and um, just made those yesterday. So uh, they are fresh, and they are ready to be consumed. But that would, and they're super tiny and super cute, and we want you all to have one. But a child has so much and things that they have made. So now they have picked, and they got to pick, they got, they got to decide something very important. They got to decide what herbs they wanted to put in there. And now they know what those herbs are all about because they, they have that information. So I would send that list home with the parents and they would have it. You can even explain to them, maybe you want to make an herb garden with your, with your family. Maybe you want to pick a couple of herbs to do. And then you can grow them yourself. So really kind of understanding what healing would have looked like in biblical times and how that can be super fun to make and, and have something to eat as well. Um, okay, so we're going to take a quick, like, 10 minute break because I know that we've been in here for like an hour. So feel free to grab um, some water or use the restroom if you need to. We've got 10 minutes. I'm setting a, count a countdown timer so you guys will see. And um, please, please come back because we've got so much more that we want to share and the rest of our classes that we're going to do. So please, please, please come back. I'm going to 
of our stories that we're going to be doing. Yeah, you put this up on the wall. Come on in. That's true. Sorry about that. All right, that's you. And uh, looks like we've got someone who's uh, missing something. You got something that you're missing? I think I need some. Yes. What? Oh, I don't know. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Do. That's exactly what they would, they would shove that sheet back in there. That's 
right, that's right. I'm so glad I'm going to so, I mean, you go the <laughs> Welcome to the theater, by the way. Um, so I see that we do, we have our own shepherd that's come to visit us today. But I, I am I, not so good. I am thinking at that, shepherding. Yes, that you might be what's called um, the not so good shepherd maybe because you not. lost your sheep and you you couldn't even find it on your own. Really, I had help from that nice man. Yeah, it was very <laughs> helpful. Very helpful. Did you know though? Because you probably don't spend as much time with sheep as I do. Mm, they are very special. Yeah, what can you what? tell us some things? Because you're you're a shepherd, so I'm, yeah. I'm thinking you're going to know quite a bit that you can share with us. Their vision is better than a lot of other mammals mm. because seventeen eyes. No, no, that is incorrect. Not so good, shepherd. <laughs> that is actually not correct at all. They do have good vision, though, um, because they're they're the slits in their eyes are actually horizontal making them to be able to where they can actually see behind their head without turning. Oh, my oh, what? Wow. wow. That is, but, no, 17S. That now that I'm counting, I realize it. Yeah, that's just, a clue. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> but, however, they have very, very good hearing. They do like, Because mm -hmm. when I say, and Erlene knows it's her name. She knows bye, 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 along. And because they have 24 ears around their backside. Another, another incorrect fact. I mean, kind of on the, you started off so strong. And then I put No, no, that is incorrect. That is incorrect. They do have good hearing in that they know their shepherd's voice. They know their shepherd's voice. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. They know their shepherd's voice. Um, they, they need to know their shepherd's voice in order to be protected because they know that that shepherd's voice provides safety for them. Yeah. Did you know this? This is for sure because I've seen pictures on YouTube that <laughs> if you. Um, <laughs> once a year, it's very special. Once oh, a year, they take, they take the sheep's whole sweater off. <laughs> <laughs> and then they give that sweater to somebody else. <laughs> and then they grow a whole other sweater. <laughs> you probably didn't know that. So they they do. So um fun fact, I'm gonna deviate just a little bit. Um growing up Why start now? I know, I know. But one of my good friends growing up actually lived on a sheep farm, so I've actually spent quite a bit of time with sheep. And um to see them going from really fluffy to getting to getting sheared is really kind of fun. So again with kids, give them as many tactile experiences mm -hmm. as you can. Mm -hmm. As many as you can. Because a lot of times they haven't even maybe seen a sheep in person, um, they haven't been around them, they certainly haven't gotten to touch one. So I'm gonna lay this out and you guys, but we would pass that around and let them see that. This is actual wool that has not been cleaned. Mm -hmm. So this thing would I'm gonna let the you guys pass this around and smell it because it smells terrible. Isn't that a great way to set that up? Ooh, my um, but it's like sheep live outside. They don't smell great. You gotta do something to their to their um, to their fur and she's not talking about you. No, you smell, you smell great. Okay, go ahead and tell us do you have a few other facts, Good Shepherd? No, those are you all good? the facts I have. You're good? Okay. Um, so obviously we we know a lot about sheep. Um, oh, and these were some. Oh, these are from Gentry Farm. Aw, isn't that fun? So um, th this is a. I would show them what sheep look like. 
so that they can see in the baby sheep. We would see those examples. Go ahead. So then we would talk about the shepherd and why that is so important and why we've got all of these sheep following this shepherd that has been talking. You know, I did want to have, I brought the anointing oil. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, we're going to talk about that. So why don't you hold that, okay. and I'm almost there. Okay, I'll hold it. Sorry, I didn't really hear you work. No, no, we're going to talk about that. Oh, it actually is anointing oil. It is, I know. That's what we got. Um, so shepherds, okay, so and we're going to remember this because um, many sheep have horns, not just depending on the breed of sheep, it may be the, the male and the female. Some of them may just be the male. So you have, there's all kinds of different, different kinds. The kinds that were in the Bible when we were talking about this, it's a kind that, um, they were very fluffy and more, more than likely it was the, the, the ram that had the horns and that the, that you did not. Okay. So you did not. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my word. Okay, so the shepherd we know counts their sheep when they come home every night. They want to make sure that they're all safe. That's their goal. They want to keep them away from predators, from wolves, and other things they're trying to, to get to them. That is their job. Sheep are very social animals, okay? They are called flock animals, meaning they like to be with other sheep. Which mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah, we all know. Oh, yeah, okay. That's why one of the reasons COVID was so hard. Um, shepherds like the sheep themselves, okay? They learn quickly what paths need to be taken to provide safety for those sheep. A sheep will continue going on the same path, even if it means all of their food has been eaten and they're headed into a place of safety because it's a place of comfort. They know that path and they won't deviate from it. It takes the shepherd to show them the healthier path because above that comfort of that path that they know the shepherd they know is the person they need to follow. There's a natural inclination for sheep to follow a leader that's inborn in them. Okay, now let's talk about anointing oil. So many of you are familiar with Psalm 23 when it talks about being anointing your head with oil. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand this until I was studying this. I, I did this, we did this lesson during COVID and it started out being one week and it wound up being three weeks because it was just so much and it was so rich with information. So I always kind of thought it was kind of figurative language. I didn't really understand the meaning behind it. But if you keep in mind these right here, okay? And the reason that um, a shepherd would anoint a sheep's head with oil is for a couple of reasons. And they don't have any kids in here, do they? Yes. Well, this one that remember what I'm going to say. Ah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so sheep can easily get their heads caught in briars because of those horns, because of their, all, all of this. It can easily get caught. Okay? They can die trying to get untangled on their own. There are also um, these horrific, and I wouldn't go into as much detail. I haven't gone into this much detail. I'll go with you guys, but I don't with children. Um, but they have these horrible little flies that like to torment them. And they like to land in their nostrils and lay eggs. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know, but it's just to give it, it, it um, as adults, you can understand. So they um, also have these other little flies and things that like to torment their, like they're all, all of this, their ears, all of that. 
So the sheep would, or the shepherd would literally, oh, oh, what's a female shep, uh, sheep, shep, shepherd, shepherd, I'm trying not to say it. What's a, what's a female you called? Alice? Mm. No, <laughs> incorrect. Incorrect, not perfect shepherd. What's the female you called? A shepherdess. A shepherdess is the female version, okay? Now, when the shepherd or the shepherdess would anoint their entire head with oil, it brought peace. So when he talks about anointing our head with oil, it is literally saying, I'm bringing you peace. Do we have those moments of those thoughts that are just won't get out of our heads where we feel like we're like banging our head up against the wall because of these mental thoughts that we can't get rid of? Have you asked your Heavenly Father for an anointing? Because he is there, he is ready, and he is overflowing. So the oil protects, it protects and it makes it possible to fix your heart, soul, mind, and strength on him. It slides right off the brighter side. And it flies on There is peace in the valley. May your good, good Father anoint your head with oil today so that your cup overflows with blessings. God is good, and he is faithful. So we are moving to our science lesson. Can show a quick video about the shepherd? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yes, please. Yes. Okay. So this is an example. Um, these people go, and um, the first few people are trying to call the sheep. The last one is the shepherd. They seem unfazed. One more. I'll do it. One more. Oh, I'll do it. Come on up. All right. So you have 
right? Now, with our science lesson, um, again, to me, and, and they are all so important. I love having science as part of the rotation because you can do so many hands-on activities. You guys, I've seen over and over so many of our children that once they get into science, they, because we haven't talked about it in church and there's been no connection, they don't understand that God is the creator of everything. So we have got to remind them that science is here because of God and God alone. So whenever they can do these experiments, it gives them a chance to really connect and understand, and everything is tied into our stories. So um, you guys need um, some safety goggles somehow with your, yeah, see if you can get those on, okay? <laughs> and so this is an experiment that, um, Someone's ready to come out of the oven. It's fine. Okay, I'll do this thing. Oh, I do, I do, I do, yes, I do. So we use a lot of different ways to tell stories. Uh, one of the things that Mary and I did during COVID was we took a little class about story sticks. Does anybody use story sticks? You look at this and you think, well, that feels like it's from the days of felt boarding, doesn't it? Story sticks, what does that do? But we, we liked it. It was kind of fun. So we use it sometimes to tell our stories. So we're going to tell a story quickly about another one of Jesus' parables. And this is a story about love. It's a great love story in the Bible. And it was a parable that Jesus told about a dad who had two sons. So in those times, it was typical for the firstborn son to be the one that would get the inheritance. But the second son, he went to the dad and he said, I want my inheritance. I want half. And he was kind of, you know, he was pretty forceful about it. So the father took everything that he had, all the things that he had, and he divided that by two. And he gave this half to the second son. Well, the second son took his inheritance and he put it all in a money bag. And he was like, Dad, I'm going to leave. So he left. <laughs> home that he had ever known. And you think his dad was happy? Mm -hmm. That was sad. You know, very sad. So that young man started walking on his journey, you know, <laughs> started walking, and he took his money bag, and he took a little bit out for some wine, and he took a little bit out for the lakes, and he took a little bit out for fast living which I think is a broad, encompassing term for all the bad things that we're not supposed to do and all the bad decisions that we're not supposed to make. And eventually, he took all the money out of that bag, and there was just nothing left in that bag. It was empty. He was all completely out of money. And he had to take a job. Let's see if I can do it, you guys. He had to take a job feeding, feeding the pigs. And he looked, and he thought, most pigs are eating better than I'm eating. And I have a father back at home who loves me very, very much. So this young man, he had a change of heart. He did a U-turn with his life. Does anybody know what the word um, uh, repent means? It means to do a U-turn with your life. If you're doing something wrong, you do a U-turn. And you change your ways, and you do the right thing. So he. Thank you, volunteers, for waiting so patiently. <laughs> he went back to his home that he'd known the whole time. And while he was so far off, his dad came out running. 
Mm -hmm. You do this as fast as you can. That's not doing it very fast. But some of our kids are super whip, whip fast with the sticks. He came out running, and he opened up his arms, and he gave his son the biggest hug because he was so happy to see him. He was so happy to see him. He was so sad because he thought his son was lost forever. But his son came back. Well, the firstborn son, whew, he did not love that because the firstborn son would stay put, and he said, Dad, I've done everything that you want me to do. But you're so happy to see the second son. And the father said, I'm happy, obviously. Oh, my goodness, I'm so happy. I'm happy for you both. But your brother was dead, and now he's alive. He was lost, and now he's hell. So come and celebrate with me. And he gave him some nice robe, and he gave him some sandals to put on his feet. They killed the fatted calf, and they had a huge celebration. Yeah! <laughs> and the story, the reason Jesus told that story about love in the Bible is because God loves us so much. Even when we make bad decisions, he loves us so much, and he's waiting for us. Even when we're a long way off, he's waiting for us to run to us, run, 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 and to give us a huge, huge hug, oh, and to welcome us back into his arms. And Jesus said, when that happens and a prodigal comes home, the angels do this. The angels are rejoicing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of our show. Coloring in here, please. 
push it around a little bit, please. Okay, perfect, perfect. Will you take this, and you need a tablespoon, that looks right. We need about a tablespoon of liquid dish soap uh, in here, and then we're going to swish it around a little bit.
welcome to the art studio today. Today we are going to make something to remind us of the Good Shepherd that we've been talking about. And you're all wonderful artists, and all of your artwork is going to look different. Yours is going to look different from yours, is going to look different from yours, is going to look different from yours, and that's great. Because look at us, look around, look at all of us. We all look different. Oh, we do, it's amazing. And God loves each of us. We are going to talk a little bit about Psalm 23. Can somebody tell me what a psalm is? Psalm. 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 What is a psalm? psalm. That's right, it's a song. <laughs> Who said it? I have, I have this whole bag of candy back here and I haven't done Oh, yes, we forgot to pass out the I brought too much candy. Yeah. Um, a psalm is a song. And in the Bible, is it kind of easy to find the psalm sometimes? Sometimes it is. If you've got the right Bible, you just kind of open it up to the middle and there's the psalm. That's great. What a fun trick. Do we know who wrote a lot of the psalms? We've talked about it in the weeks before. Does anybody remember who wrote a lot of the psalms? David. David. That's right. And he was King David, but he started off being Shepherd David. And he started off writing songs while he was looking over sheep. And one special psalm that we have is Psalm 23. I'm going to read that for us before we make our artwork. And I'm reading mine out of this NIV Adventure Bible. Your Bible might be different, and the words might be a little bit different, but in Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. He gives me everything I need. He lets me lie down in fields of green grass. He leads me beside quiet waters. He gives me new strength. He guides me in the right path for the honor of his name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. You are with me. Your shepherd's rod and staff comfort me. You prepare a feast for me right in front of my enemies. You pour oil on my head. Have we talked about that? My cup runs over. Have we talked about that? I am sure that your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So to remind us of the Good Shepherd today, you're all going to make a project with me. It's going to be so fun. Miss Miriam, could you pass them out? I'll pass them out. Yeah. Thank you. You're so pretty. We're going to make little shapies that we can take home and put in places to remind us. Or maybe we can give them to a friend. Or maybe we can throw them away and not tell Miss Miriam. And so there's different yarn. Don't forget your goodie bags. Okay. Take uh, four. One for you and one for friends. <laughs> so this sheep was different from this sheep, and the sheep that you pick out are going to be all different. You probably don't have time to pick out individual sheep, so you're just going to get what you get. But that's cool, right? Because you get what you get. And you don't get your fish. Nothing better than a real fun <laughs> <laughs> Teachers, I can't take one. So a lot of our hard work has been done already. Can you pass out the scissors? Yes. And be very careful with scissors, they're very sharp. <laughs> Your bag will contain some glue dots. Let's save those for the end. It'll contain a bit of felt. A little bit of felt, and we're gonna cut out some ears and a little tail if you choose with the felt. And so how do I get started with the string? Are you asking me legitimately, or are you prompting me? I'm prompting you. <laughs> oh, I said be very careful with the scissors. Okay, good. 
Thank goodness we have first aid nearby. <laughs> so the little sheep's body will already be painted, and the little sheepy's legs will already be painted, but you'll notice the sheep has clearly been shorn and it needs to get its sweater back, right? So that's why you've got a little ball of fluffy yarn to recreate the sheep's sweater. Thank you. And you just take the yarn, you find the end, and you just take one of the paper clips. One paper clip on is paper. hot glued and one is not. The back, most your of them. One says they're short. Most of them. Oh, you're welcome. Good job. That's great sharing. <laughs> <laughs> I think a Tootsie Roll would hurt. So you can oh, loop, you can start it by connecting it into that, um, that one. Oh, a Tootsie Roll for you. Oh, Sour Patch is really good. Oh, a Sour Patch. So we started on our hind leg of our sheep. And we're going to just start. <laughs> we're just going to start back that sheep. And it's going to go in all different directions, right? Mm -hmm. Go in all different directions. That's right, left. You guys. Clever. And you're covering the top of the legs. And kind of want to keep that black painted part open because that's the little sheepy's face. And that's how it sees with its two eyes, not 17, not 17. Eyes, as I've recently learned. That's all we do. Is everybody doing okay with that? Got any questions? Raise your hand. Mm -hmm. Does anybody have a sheet? So as you're, oh, did everybody get one? <clears throat> yeah, you're good. <laughs> so as you're making those, what we would do, and this is actually not even the lesson. The lesson is actually, I'll show you in my original set, you do, um, because I actually typically really prefer to do art projects where they're learning some form of art. They're getting to really explore different forms of art. When you've done, um, this is more practical, but it's easier to do in this kind of a setting for you guys to get the idea. But the original form, it's felting, um, and it's super easy. It's just a lot of stuff I didn't have, wasn't able to bring it and do it in the classroom like this. But they would do felting with um, in this in this actual lesson. And um, we've done things like when we were learning about some of the, um, any story, it was a, a, a collection of stories on the different, different fish, and so we actually did the Japanese art of gyatu, and it's where they're measuring the way, um, fishing, and they came back, then they would actually do a fish print to um, ensure the size of the fish that they collected. And so they would paint them, and then they would put them on muslin, and they would take them home. So just very interactive types of art projects to where they would remember something about what they're doing, but they would get to explore a little bit with that, that particular genre as well. That was a fun one that you'll find in the curriculum that Mary's going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah. We would uh, go to a local seafood market, usually Saturday, because mm -hmm. they were frozen. And we would just get these huge frozen fish. And that's what we would paint and ink up. And it was super fun and super tactile and super smelly because it was a fish. They loved it. So once you have your sheep all wrapped up, then you'll just cut um, little teardrop shapes for the ears, you know. Teardrop shapes. Everybody knows what a teardrop looks like. I don't think I have a marker. It's teardrop. You can glue dot those on. And then we've got little glue dots. So when you peel them, they will be sticky. And you just put one on each side of the sheepies head so it can hear. Don't put them on the bottom because apparently they don't have ears there. <laughs> Who knew? Okay, because of time, we're going to move on to sacred stories really quickly. And when I tell you leave, um, but you'll need to, I think lights are going to be fine. 
So Sacred Stories is what I replaced kind of our history room with, but it's still history. And I want to set it up just a little bit before we do it. Sacred Stories is probably the most simplistic room that we've got, but it has the most, one of the most um, abilities to have such depth because it is truly just a Bible story being told and you are inviting those kids in to find where they, where they are and who they connect with in that story. And at different times that you tell that story, you're going to connect with different people and characters in that story. So I'm going to tell the story. Um, we've done this in all ages, all different numbers. But as long as you can show it, it works. It's difficult in a room like this if you don't have a way to show it because the kids get a little antsy. But if you can show it, you're in good shape because they want to see what you're doing. So I'm going to tell the story. And everything that's done in the story and the way that it's done, you're, you might think, there is no way my kids are going to sit still for this. And I challenge you to try because I will. Every single time. I did it in chapel with, I don't know, I think it was like 250 kids. And they were listening. So it can be done, and even though there is a lot of noise out there demanding our kids' attention, when you strip the Bible down to the essence of the story, and you tell it in a way that's engaging, they will listen. So the first part is me telling a story. second part will be um, asking some questions, which you guys are welcome to be a part of and ask them. So we're just going to make sure that, <coughs> that the picture is right. You can go ahead and click on it, too. Yeah, I think it's showing just the carpet. I just need to, that's not right here. Hang on just a second. It was working a second ago. Mm -hmm. It's not showing. It was working up until just a second ago. <laughs> Hang on. Let me see if I can get it to work. If I can't, I'll, I'll tell it in a different way. Yeah, I think it disconnected for some reason. Okay, it disconnected. You can move that, and I'm going to tell it, and then you guys can see as well as you can. Um, I did have it to where it was working, but I'll kind of tell it. Start up here, but this would be told on the floor, and um, your students would be sitting on the floor all around you, kind of in a little horseshoe around you so they can all see. Um, or if it's a room like this, if you have a way to show it, you can show it on a screen and they can maybe sit in your class. I've also done this with um, a women's class that we had over the summer. And it was really, really cool because they, they got to experience many of them who had kids in the program and many of them who didn't, just didn't know what, we were, what some of the things, fun things we were doing. <clears throat> this is a parable.
very green. Maybe it's a golf course or giant leaf on a really, really tall tree. Or maybe a knee patch on a giant's bear pants. <laughs> or maybe like one of those those things that frog sits on. see yourself in? Maybe it's something you can use to see to the other side. Almost like there's no light in them at all. They are. Now, those of you sitting over here, it may look like a face. But there's no light in it. Maybe like a rubber band. Maybe a, a stick, a line. A number one.
being able to get in. So I'm going to open up a door right here. of danger. I lead them safely each of my sheep 
and they have returned safely to the sheep. And if one of my sheep is missing, I will search the green grass, and I will search beside the cool, still water. And I will search in the dark and dangerous places. And when that sheep is found, I'll carry her on my back all the way home, even if she is very heavy, until she is safe in the sheepfold. And I just can't help it when they are all at home. I have to call all of my friends and celebrate and have a feast. There's also the not-so-good shepherd, the ordinary shepherd. And when he leads his sheep, his sheep scatter to all different places. shepherd runs away. <clears throat> but the good shepherd would lay down his life for his sheep so that each of his sheep can return home. are happy in this place. We would take time for the kids to answer and to, to get feedback. I wonder if you've ever been in a place like this. I wonder where this place could really be. I wonder if you have ever had the cool, 
clear, still, fresh waters touch you. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you've ever been in a dark or dangerous place. I wonder how you got out. I wonder who the good shepherd really is. I wonder where this you ask open-ended, wondering questions, you will get answers, and they will surprise you. Mm -hmm. It's incredible what they will come up with. So this is Sacred Stories. It's actually Godly Play. Mm -hmm. um, Godly Play is, like, if you find the books, they're by Dr. Jerome Berryman. Um, <clears throat> I've just adapted it because most everything I've done is an adaptation or conglomeration of different things, and so I renamed it because I didn't want to um, call it exactly Godly Play because it's not exactly Godly Play. You tell the story. If you're familiar with Montessori schools, it's very much like that. So after they hear the story, then you allow them to process that story, and they can either process by doing art, and it's free-ended. They have, we have a, a lot of different things they can choose. They can choose just paper and pencil, they might want to do a little painting, they might want to do a drawing, they may want to do, um, we have little, little handheld labyrinths. There's lots of different options. We also have all the stories that we've told previously that they can go and they can get the story for themselves. So I wanted to show you an example. This is a little girl in our <coughs> program who was learning, we had done a story of Rahab. We were not doing this story. This was a story she had heard weeks before. She's reenacting the story because she remembered it. And she knows all of the different parts. And she's just quietly doing this on her own. This is a time of reflection, so we usually have quiet music going. This is individual work. I we typically don't let them work in groups because then they kind of just talk, get off task. And if there is, um, there's a, was there another picture in there? <clears throat> some drawing pictures, Tim? No, the ones go back. Yeah. yeah, I had that up earlier. Oh, sorry. So these were some of the, the art that some of the kids came up with. And this was, um, oh. yeah. So, um, anybody can tell me what this is? Can you see? Waters? Part of the sea. How precious is that? That was not a story we did that day. That was a story she remembered that she wanted to draw that day. So sometimes they're processing stories that they've heard previously. Sometimes they're experiencing the story that they've heard of the day. <clears throat> they can only use the materials from stories that then we've covered. Because um, I don't know if you remember, we had shelves and lots of different stories, but they only are allowed to use, because they can't tell a story that they don't know. And so we want them to use and understand what the pieces are and how they have it to be told. At the end, there's a thing called a feast. The feast is a lot like when we have our Lord's Supper. And so they're understanding what that means, but they get a little cracker and they get some water. Mm -hmm. And we read the passage that we've talked about or a portion of the passage that we taught the scripture for that day. <clears throat> they have their little placemat. They understand how they can help serve each other. So we have someone who might pour the water. They're serving each other. And we get to say a blessing to the kids as they are leaving. So Holly Allen, who earlier in another class, she was talking about how typically maybe um, in our churches we haven't done a great job of just understanding what you can do to bless somebody when they're leaving or whatever that maybe it may be. But we make sure that we say a special blessing to each child as they leave. 
to understand that they are special, they are seen, they are heard, and they are loved. So that's what that can look like. Um, so, Darling dear, you have about nine minutes. Oh, goodness. Okay. So now is the time. Okay, we've got a transition, but this is what, I'm going to pass these out, and I was going to let you guys do this, but we would have played music, and this is a labyrinth, and I don't know how familiar you are with the labyrinth, this is a finger labyrinth, they, you, can, you can walk labyrinths, you can make them, I, I'm going to make one for our children's ministry eventually, but you can do things like this, you can get stamps that are labyrinths, you can do lots of different things with them, but the idea is you find the beginning part, so with this one you would use the, your finger, and you can, you can pray, and you can give them prompts. So you can pray, you can th say, let's think about people we want to pray for in your family. Or think about your friends, who's a friend you want to pray for. Let's think about our prayers, things that we want to talk to God about on the way in, and then they make it to the center. And then on the way out, let's, let's thank God for all the things he's done for us. So you can provide different prompts for them. I would look up, sometimes people have labyrinths that you can visit, and they're free. So you can do a look, you can do a Google search for labyrinths in your area, and you can see in Nashville there used to be several that you could go to for free and experience them. I would highly recommend doing one yourself if you can. They are very cool. Yeah, they're so cool, right? So here. Take one and pass it. Take one and pass it. Um, oh, our time. I do want to read this really quick. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. So this is my main key verse, Romans 4, 20 through 22. So again, I want you to say your, somebody in your child's, in your family's name, uh, your, your own children, your grandchildren, somebody, when, we, when it has the, our children part. This is our whole premise of what we're trying to do, guys. Cam and Addie never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, their faith grew stronger, and in this they brought glory to God. They were absolutely convinced that God was able to do anything he promised. And because of their faith, God declared him and Addie to be Amen. Um, oh, can I just show the picture? Oh, I'll go real fast. I know, I know, I know. Keep, go back real quick. Real quick. Okay. <laughs> I know, we don't have any time. Okay, I wanted to show you this picture. Um, I wanted to briefly talk. This is by an artist, uh, Joel's, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Spoon Tannis. Um, incredible. When you guys are doing, um, and you think about your images that are in children in your ministry, you guys, I did not realize how we had such a lack of diversity. And we have such a diverse church. So that had to be changed. So we are so cognizant and aware of making sure that we have diversity represented. And you and I, in just a second, you'll get resources where I've got um, specific people listed where you can find images and, and things that would be an accurate representation and that would provide diversity in what you are putting out. We want to make sure our children are seeing people that look like them. Because why Jesus is okay some Sundays, <laughs> but not every Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, okay. This was a whole thing I was going to read to you, the picture I just showed you. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. Our home is Christ, and Christ is life. What are you longing for, and what does home mean to you? So I was going to read you more about that picture. It's really great. Okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, do you want to leave space for questions? I do. Because we have like five whole minutes for that. Okay, okay. We're so, going to stay, by the way. We'll be Yes, here. we will stay. If you guys want this curriculum, it's free. It, I've written it. It's not perfect. No, no curriculum is perfect. You can take it and tweak it and adapt it for what you need. 
all you need to do is text um, the word harbor to this phone number. You will automatically get a link on your phone. It's just an easy little form that you can fill out. The reason I have you fill that form out is because I make tweaks and changes sometimes. Like one time, I, I used to have it in Dropbox. I had to change it over. That way, if I move it, I can let you know where I've moved it to. Um, and in that reply that you get after you filled out that form, there will be a link, and it's a Google file. And it has all of the, um, basically each folder is a different rotation. A rotation for me is six weeks. That can look different for you. You can take and do with it what you want. If there are things that I referenced that actually had a purchase, I had to purchase them, those won't be in there because that is something you will need to purchase on your own just for copyright reasons. Um, songs and things like that, you can find a lot of things out there. There are different websites that, I mean, that's all listed in the resource. Um, the, in addition to the actual curriculum, there's a resource list. In that resource list is everything we've talked about today and more, different things that I use and I pull from. And again, it's not perfect curriculum. I was reading, I found spelling errors as <laughs> I was preparing for this. And I'm like, how did I miss that? So it's not perfect, but take it and do what you want. Um, but please use it and know that it's yours. Um, to, for the tape. Did everybody get the paper? It, it was the sheet. Oh, the sheet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, questions and answers. Yes. May I ask where your church is? Yes. Um, so currently we are in um, the Campbell Church of Christ in Campbell, California. So it's like the San Jose area. But um, we were at Fourth Avenue Church of Christ in Nashville for seven for several years before we moved out here. So. Did you all volunteer already? Me? Yeah. Yes, we did. Okay, great, thank you. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Yes. What's the size of your, like your children's ministry kids? Yeah. And then like volunteer team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um that we probably have we're just we're getting back. I mean, because COVID changed everything, right? Mm -hmm. So um we are getting back to where we probably have on a Sunday morning around Maybe 35 kids, you know, from from nursery to fifth grade, um, and for volunteers, uh, that's a little difficult to answer because um, there's always at least two um, adults per classroom, obviously, um, and then sometimes we have some of the teens that are involved. Um, it's a difficult question to answer because of the different things that we're doing at different times require maybe different volunteers. So for Bible class, all of this, it's a lot more hands-on. So I have more people. But for children's church, it's a little bit more basic. And so I can usually get by with you know, maybe three adults. Um, as far as like Bible class, they're split and there's probably um, at least four, if not five or six, you know, for elementary, just for elementary. And then for preschool, it'd be more. Obviously, you're here, but do you travel to congregations to do workshops for youth ministries? Yes. I, I, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's all done now, right? Like, I've done the hard part, so. Sure, yes. Um, I, I, a couple of times people have asked me about that and, and COVID, all the fun things, and so it hasn't happened, but definitely would be open to that, so just let me know if that's helpful. Um, Any Hawaiian churches here today? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Connection with parents? Yes, yes. So, man, such a great question. Parents and grandparents. You guys, they, to me, it is, don't ever be embarrassed or think you can't ask somebody to do something. It is an honor and a gift to serve. And it is an honor and a gift for their kids or their grandkids to see them serving and invested in the future life of where they're going to be going. 
and there's a lot of different levels of volunteering. So many different Some parents levels. who don't want to teach, don't want any kind of instruction, don't want to help with games, don't want to, like, we just, you cater your, your volunteers from parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, to the desires of the person who's saying, hey, I'm available, but da 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 It's like, you just want to stand there and make sure anybody that needs to be escorted to the restroom and back can be that perfect. We'll see you Sunday. Yes. You know, you want to teach science because you're an actual scientist? Yes, please. Yeah. So, so you know, you can ease them in because for children's worship, I've always got at least two teachers who are doing the actual stuff, but you need bodies, right? I mean, sometimes you just need to Make sure that if you've got a child who needs to go to the restroom, there's two adults going with them, and you've got two adults still in the classroom. Great place to get people that are just coming to your church and checking things out to come and, and have them come and visit. Have them come and be a part of it and have a sign-up sheet. And, just, and again, do not feel embarrassed. It is an honor and it is a gift to be able to serve our Lord. And so you just find a place and be creative in some place that you know would be a good place for them to start, but it's not where they have to stay. We can always be stretched a little bit. Um, we, want to, we want to let them give a, an opportunity to, to give in a place where they might feel a gifting, but if they aren't sure yet, start them off somewhere easy and then move them into something else once you get to know them. Yeah. So it looks like from your chart you have uh, three rotations per week. Uh, and is are two of those rotations like during Bible class time and one is the okay. worship time? Okay, good question. Okay, so we actually have children's worship. So children's worship, they're just divided into preschool and elementary, and elementary being K through five. The fourth and fifth graders for children's worship, which is happening during regular worship, are helpers, because they're getting a little too cool for school to feel like they need to be in there. So if they're helping, they feel like, okay, cool, I can be in here. You know, and if you're like, you are my new helper, you are hired, you are my new assistant, then they like that. Um, so you gear, I gear it more towards like K through third. I know I said gear higher, but it's, it's my, that for me is geared K through third because my fourth and fifth graders, I'm seeing them already as the constant idea of thought is that you are always giving back into the younger ages. If you are in junior high, you can come and help serve in the, maybe the preschool because there's enough of an age gap. If you are in high school, you can maybe help out in the elementary. If you are in fourth and fifth, you can help out and be a, a volunteer with our children's worship. Mm -hmm. So you're always giving back and you're always pouring in. Um, oh, you asked another question. And I so, just uh, I guess yes. My, is children's worship a, yes, it's it's different? Yes, it's totally different. different. It is totally different. different. So I tie in usually the same theme, but we, may, we will do completely different things. And it is a smattering. It's a smattering of games and the story. Um, but we also do things that might be more specific to the timing of, of, the, um, of the season. Like we have a Mother's Day lesson on Sunday coming up. So it's not going to be necessarily related. I mean, well, it's, we're doing Ruth, so I guess, you know, it kind of is. But um, you can do, you can, I, I change that up a little bit. And it is, this is just what, I, what I'm giving you the link for is just um, the curriculum that I've written, which is the Bible class hour. My children's church stuff that I use, a lot of it, I, I pull from a lot of different things that I've purchased, so I can't provide that for people. Um, but I have always, it's an enhancement of what we're doing in Bible class. Uh, one odd thing that has happened during COVID, I used to have, always, we had more in children's church than we did in Bible class. Because not as many parents would stay for Bible class, right? I mean, that was, you saw, they come and pick up, you might think, goodness, you were here for church. I'm glad, you know. So I would always make sure that we would be, uh, have a reflection of what we were doing in children's church and what we were doing, so that, as what we were doing in Bible class. So at least they would have heard something. Now I have more in Bible class than I do in children's church, which I 
I haven't quite figured that out, but I don't feel as much of a need to do that. And so we are, I'm, I'm enjoying what we're, you know, feeling some abilities to kind of do some different things in children's church. But it's worship, it's the Bible story, we might use puppets, um, we might do something special for that day, um, lots of different types of things but definitely separate from Bible class because they're in Bible class. So yes, you saw my sheet. That is an old sheet. <laughs> that was pre-COVID. I used to pre-COVID, I had three on a given Sunday. Now I have two and it's because of numbers. Um, mm -hmm. I have K through second and I have third through fifth. So if there's six rotations mm -hmm. and you do it six weeks, mm -hmm. during that, the class time does like K1 do sacred stories yep. and then the next week they're doing art games and then the next week. Yes. So it's so you basically plan six lessons yep. and then you rotate them through. That's right. That's right. And if and you're we're trying to use teacher, the same teacher so that that teacher only has to prepare once for six weeks. So all you're doing is you're adapting a little bit. Again, I, I, we were doing I had K through fifth for you know COVID because we had like a, just a few kids. And then we were able to get up enough to where we had, okay, we could split. So we, you know, split off the, this group, and now we've got into two groups. So we are right now just still at the two groups, K through second and then go through fifth. So you adapt a little bit. So in the lessons themselves, I have them already, in some places, already designated. Like, hey, you might want to read from this Bible um, if you were doing, in this actually particular lesson, I had some specific Bibles referenced for K through second. And it was Lectio Divina. So you would read through Psalm 23 once or twice. And then in, for the older kids, you might use a harder, um, like a more age-appropriate Bible for the third through fifth graders. Yeah. So what, this might be an odd question, but how long is your class time? Yeah, no, 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 it's not an odd question. So um, it's an hour. And that's another thing. If you have a smaller, at my other church, we had 45 minutes. Now we have an hour. So there's a ton of information. You may have, And I overplan. Because it's just the worst to have a bunch of kids and not have anything to do, right? <laughs> because they will find something to do. It's probably something that has nothing to do with the lesson. So you usually have more than you need um, to get through at least an hour's worth of time for the Bible class. And then our particular children's church is also an hour. Um, so, yeah. Where did you guys get trained to do this stuff? And if you were looking to find somebody, mm -hmm. if you were looking for a children's minister, yeah. what would you look for and where would you look for? That's a great question. Uh, so... I, I mean, as far as me, us, we. Um, <laughs> we're not. This is my old boss. Self <laughs> yeah, it's self trained. I mean, we've, you know, had, we have to make some mistakes. Mary's degree is in children's uh, education, early childhood yeah. education. Uh, you're going to be a classroom teacher. She ended up not being a classroom teacher. Spent some time in Sylvan Learning Centers, which is uh, sort of a. Uh, mm -hmm. You know what? Um, spent some time as a preschool teacher. Yeah. Spent some time volunteering in, I think you talked about volunteering in interim, an interim children's ministry role that uh, she then just stepped into full time, so be careful. <laughs> she was resistant to it. I was even more resistant to it. I'm a preacher's kid, so I grew up in the ministry, so I had a little bit of insight about what I thought it was going to look like, and I didn't want it to happen. <laughs> You're going to be married to church, and we're going to know all the garbage about everybody. And we worship with these people, and we know all their garbage. Turns out it really helps to know everybody's garbage. It helps them to know my garbage. Do you have children? And, and we, we do. do. We have an 18-year-old oh, right. and a 16-year-old. We have 16 and an 18-year-old. Okay. We got to be a part, and which that was, I had a vested interest in what was going to happen with my kids that were in my own program. So I went out and I tried to find the very best things that I knew would reach my kids, because they are very normal, average, you know, 
we've, I've got one that's very quiet and a, and a taker in her, and I had one that was quirky and like just moving all the time, and so I knew there were all kinds of personalities that you needed to reach in a program, and so I had a very vested interest in what was going to happen and what they were going to receive um, themselves. The second part of your question is really hard because we ask ourselves, like, where do you find yeah. children's ministers? But Yes. I, in the meeting earlier with Holly Allen, um, she is the children's minister director. Um, she, she directs and, and plans the, pro, the children's ministry track at Lipscomb University in Nashville. And so I actually asked her that question earlier. I said, I get called all the time for people, names of people that I can give to, to another. And I'm like, I just don't know people. And it's a, it's a deficit that people aren't that there aren't more people that would be trained in it. And then when we do find people that have a calling, they get a lot of times discouraged by feedback and, and just obstacles that they come across in, in doing ministry. But I said, well, can I call you and we can, I can get names when I get a call from a church? And she was like, absolutely. So um, Holly Allen, who is, um, you can find her probably, I'm sure, on Lipscomb's website. Again, they may have some really good names of new faces and names. So if you have a large church, probably not the best fit because there's going to be, you know, unless they could, you know, kind of walk along someone else for the first little bit because it's a lot. It's a lot to take on as a, as a young, younger person. But if you have a, a smaller church where they would have a lot more understanding, you know, you have a lot of faces that are, it's a family. Like we have a smaller church and it's a family atmosphere. There's a lot of grace. Um, and there's just, it's just a little bit easier to learn when you've got fewer families that you're having to get to know and fewer um, children that you're having to get to know. You can really kind of learn and get your feet wet and understand things a little bit better. Um, Oh, I'm I know. Be the yeah, so just because I'm respectful of everyone's time, and you guys have sat in here for a long time. Yes. After lunch, yes. during the afternoon. So we've if you need to go, please feel free. If you would like to stay, we're staying and we can answer questions. If you didn't get a biscuit, get a biscuit on your way out. If you didn't get a gift bag, we have gift bags well, for you. I will say. But they're a little different. Can I say? Too. On the gift bags, take one and take one for a friend that you see out in the courtyard and give it to them. Don't make us take these gift bags home. <laughs> so I'm going to stand out here in the hall with them. I'm going to make sure everybody has at least two. She's just